Test, test on one. Check. Test. Suffer, born to save, born to raise us from the grave. Rise, the everlasting Lord, He shall reign forevermore. No.
Well, welcome everyone. Good to see you today. Glad that you were able to join us for worship. Uh, for those joining us online too, we're glad that you're able to be with us today as well. We're in the second weekend of the Advent season. Advent season is a time for us to prepare as we wait for the, the good news of the Messiah Jesus come at Christmas. Uh, we, we like sometimes to just jump right into the, the story of Christmas, but there's also that preparation. I think that spiritually it's a good discipline for us to, to just kind of hold off and, and wait for that, um, for that celebration of Christmas by, by just spending some time um, reflecting. And that's what Advent is about. So we're in that second week in a series called Waiting for Jesus. And we'll get into God's uh, goodness, God's love, God's faithfulness to us today in, that, in the message. Um, Few announcements before we get started. Um, we are, uh, because of the Advent season, we've had extra services during the week. We have a Tuesday morning Advent service at our Faith Ministry Center at 11 a.m. Tuesdays, 11 a.m. And then Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. That's preceded by a meal. This week on Wednesday, our meal that starts at 5.30 is taco, tacos. So it's uh, taco day. If you wanna be a, a part of that, encourage you to, to join us. But We'd ask you to sign up for that. So you can go online and sign up for the, the Advent meal. Uh, also on the bulletin boards where you can get uh, sign up for that as well. Um, if you're wondering about our Christmas schedule, there are a lot of different services on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Our Christmas Eve morning worship is over at our Faith Ministry Center. And that's not exactly Christmas Eve. That's actually part of our Advent uh, season. And then we launch into Christmas Eve in the afternoon on that Sunday and evening. So um, the whole schedule of services and what type of uh, music, what style, uh, special music, that kind of thing is listed on our website. Uh, we have a special page for that. Go to faithfoxvalley.org slash Christmas 2023, and you'll see the whole schedule there. Also, as part of our 75th anniversary this year, we're um, we're inviting our whole congregation to participate in a photo contest. We want to get pictures of the life and ministry of faith captured in, in pictures. So if you, want to, uh, you want to submit one of those, there's information about the photo contest, faithfoxvalley.org slash photo contest. Go figure, right? Um, all one word, no spaces. And then uh, also as part of our 75th anniversary we're launching a, a campaign to raise two and a half million dollars over the next three years to help improve our facilities and launch into the next 75 season. Uh, so as part of that, we have the, the third of our three forums. They're informational forums for our congregation. And that is this evening after worship. So at, give us a few minutes to finish up with worship, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into that right about 
Uh, if you did not on your way in, pick up a packet of information about that. If you're a member here at Faith, you have a packet with your name on it in the commons. So we would invite you to grab that. Um, in between worship and our meeting, you can go out and enjoy some refreshments and fellowship together. And then we'll come back in and we'll just uh, right here uh, join in a meeting right about 6.15 tonight. All right. So I think that's all the announcements I have. Before we launch into singing and praise for Jesus, I'm going to invite you to stand, turn to those around you, and greet one another in the Lord. And uh, if you don't recognize somebody, why don't you do, introduce yourself to them? you guys stand, stay standing as we continue um, to worship the Lord. Let's sing the song praise.
Amen.
Almighty God, we come to you and repent for things done and things left undone. We are sorry for ignoring your truth, for becoming distracted with the things of this world and giving in to temptation. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. For fixating on the things of this world and losing sight of your eternal kingdom, forgive us, renew us, and lead us. For pursuing earthly power and influence over others instead of submitting to your will and following the Holy Spirit, forgive us, renew us, and lead us. For allowing our fears and anxieties to undermine our trust in you, forgive us, renew us, and lead us. For overlooking your extravagant love for us, and letting the approval and acceptance of others motivate our decisions and self-worth. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. God does forgive, and it is my privilege always to announce that forgiveness to you as one of your pastors. We sang this great line, uh, just the song that we just sang, born for the cross to suffer to save. The whole reason that we're celebrating this season, that Christ coming in the flesh in our midst, is that he would go on to suffer on the cross to save us from our own sin. And then we're saying, we are the richer by the price that he paid. And Paul says in, this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, that Christ, though he was rich, he became poor so that we, through his poverty, might become rich. Not rich in the things of the world, but rich in the things of God, rich in forgiveness and mercy and love and all that God has for us in Christ. You are forgiven. God is very, very good. Amen? You may be seated. On this second Sunday in Advent, we light a second candle and we call it peace, because God gives us peace through his son, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Christ is the image of the invisible God. By him, all things were created. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things. By making peace through his blood shed on the cross, we trust in this promise, and we trust in Christ's promise, which when he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, we sing. Singing glory, glory, let there be peace, let there be peace, we're singing glory. 
turn to the Word of God today, and we're going to have to do something a little bit different because for some reason the slides aren't going to be up on the screen for you. Um, So there are Bibles on the chairs, and if you don't have one to share with your neighbor, uh, you could pull up the Bible app on your phone, you know, version. if you want to download that really quickly on your phone. If you don't have it already, you pull that up. Um, If you're in one of the Bibles on the chairs, then you can turn to page 588 for Psalm 85. The reading that we're going to have today is Psalm 85. And then we'll also be looking at Luke 1 here in just a few minutes. Psalm 85, page 588. You showed favor to your land, O Lord. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, O God, our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God, the Lord, will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. Now, if you would keep one finger there in Psalm 85, we'll come back to that in a bit, and turn to page 1025, which is a reading from Luke 1, starting at verse 39. Luke 1, beginning at verse 39, page 1025. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. 
But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her, that, the, what, that, what, that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in, the inmost, in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is the gospel of our Lord. Well, I'm just glad that the letter was not from heaven. The, the letter was from our insurance company, or, or better, was from our former insurance company. They were dropping us. This was a little, uh, almost 13 years ago. Uh, it was right after my family and I moved from Southern Indiana to here in Appleton. We got a letter from our insurance company informing us that they were no longer willing to provide us with coverage for our home or vehicles. Because as they said, we had, we had filed too big a claim. Because in January of 2010, Months before we moved here to Appleton, while we were living in Indiana, we had a house fire. It was not a big fire, but there was smoke damage throughout the house, and it forced us out of our house for two and a half months while the contractors came in and repaired the damage, cleaned up, dealt with the smoke and water damage. The repairs, plus our extended stay in a hotel for two and a half months, and having every item of our house moved out, professionally cleaned, and moved back into our house, all that cost well over $100,000 in insurance claim. Fairly small amount for a fire, but it was apparently more than the insurance wanted to cover for, you know, insurance, <laughs> which is, you know, so what they said was we were now too high a risk because of this claim. And we got the boot. Uh, effective such and such date, our policy was terminated. Now I don't know, I don't, maybe I missed something, but maybe the fine print, maybe a footnote somewhere. I don't remember reading a paragraph that said something to the effect of, we, the aforementioned company, will consider one Aaron Rose now insurable until he shows himself to actually be in need of insurance. And then 
coverage will cease. You know, I, I don't know. I think it's something like a doctor only treating someone who is healthy or a dentist having a sign in the window that says, no cavities, please. <laughs> or a teacher, you know, uh, taking it out on you for asking too many questions. And it feels like it's something like qualifying for a loan by proving that you don't need a loan. But I don't know. What if the fire, par- fire department said, we will cover you, we'll protect you until you have a fire? Or a bodyguard that says, I'll take care of you and protect you unless somebody is actually chasing after you. What if, what if, perish the thought, heaven had limitations on their coverage? So you imagine the letter, dear Mrs. Smith, I'm writing in response to this morning's request for forgiveness. (laughs) I'm sorry to inform you that you have reached your quota of sins. Our records show that since employing our services, you have failed seven times in the area of greed alone. In addition, your prayer life is substandard when compared to others of the same age and circumstance. And upon further review, we see that your understanding of doctrine is in the lower 20th percentile, and you have excessive tendencies toward complaining, belittling others, and gossip. And we have deemed you a high-risk candidate for heaven. You'll have to secure another form of coverage. Can you imagine? But I dare say there are people, and many of them, who are afraid of getting that kind of notice from heaven. Maybe some of you feel you already have. If insurance companies can't cover my honest mistakes or those things that happen that are completely out of my control? Can I expect God to cover my intentional rebellion and my sin I thought about before I committed it? The Bible has this answer that I think amazes us over and over and over again. In fact, Paul utters what John Stott has called the most startling statement of all. It's in Romans 4, verse 5. God justifies the ungodly. God justifies the ungodly. Or as one other translation puts it, God makes even evil people right in his sight. What an incredible claim, seriously. It's one thing to make good people right, but those who are evil? I mean, it's, we can expect God to justify the decent, but those who are dirty and corrupt? How in the world can justification come even to the evil? How in the world indeed? <laughs> it can't. I mean, not in any ways of the world. Human beings don't have an answer for this, but God does. So shortly after the angel Gabriel came to Mary and announced to Mary that she was going to give birth to Israel's Messiah, 
Then Mary visited her cousin Elizabeth, which was what we heard in the gospel reading today from Luke 1. And after she's visited with Mary, she bra- or with uh, Elizabeth, Mary breaks into the song, which is sometimes called the Magnificat. Magnificat is the Latin word for magnifies, which is right at the beginning of the song that Mary speaks. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, my Savior. So I love this line from Mary's song. It's Luke 150, Luke 150. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Which means his mercy is new over and over and over from generation to generation. Then, he, then Mary says this, Luke 1, he has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful. This is the way I always remember mercy and grace, just a simple equation. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Right? Grace is a gift. It's not, you don't deserve it. You don't pay for it. If you paid for it, it's not a gift, right? Gift is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is the flip side of that and not getting what you deserve. And what we deserve is God's wrath, punishment, condemnation. But God remembers to be merciful. Now, how can God be merciful? How can God still cover us even when we commit the most disgusting sins? How can he justify even evil people? And by the way, you know, a lot of times we think of, oh, evil means that other person, or at least I'm not that bad. But as the Bible tells us, we stumble at just one point. We keep everything and stumble at just one point. We're guilty of breaking the whole law, which means that, When it's talking about justifying evil people, he's talking about you and me. We all are justified, not because of anything we do, but by God's grace, by his mercy. And God doesn't do that just because he's kind and loving. He is kind and loving, but it's more than that because God is also a just God. And justice demands punishment. So here's the big question. How can God be both kind and just? He'd be loving and punish sin. Because holiness, God's holiness and perfection demands the punishment, but his mercy compels him to love and be kind to sinners. So how can he do both? How can you redeem the sinner without endorsing sin? Well, from our perspective, there's no good answer. There are two possibilities, but none of them appealing. God either overlooks atrocities or he's unloving and unmerciful. But from God's perspective, There's a third solution. 
And that is the incarnation of Jesus and his cross. The incarnation is what we're celebrating this season. As we get to Christmas, the incarnation is that God took on flesh. He came and dwelt in human form. Incarnation. And as we said earlier, the time of our confession and forgiveness, he was born for the cross. He was born to suffer and to save. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Jesus had no sin of his own, but he took on our sin. He made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That was, we would be perfect before him despite the fact that we we're not perfect. And God previewed that in the Old Testament. I told you to keep your finger in the Bible at page, uh, at uh, Psalm 85. This is where I want you to open that up. Psalm 85. I find this fascinating. Near, nearly a thousand years before this incarnation, birth of Christ, Psalm 85 prophesied what God was up to. Now, the psalmist is actually calling on God to do what he had done in the Exodus, how God had saved the people from slavery. He's asking him to do that again, right? Verse 4, start with verse 4. Restore us again, God, our Savior. Put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. That's the cry of the people. It's our cry. And then God answers. This is Psalm 85, verse 10. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Now there's, there's another translation for this verse I think is really telling because we, we often think of this, this first phrase, love and faithfulness. We oftentimes think of faithfulness as God's uh, unending loving kindness toward us, as faithfulness toward us. But the word here that's actually used is more about God's faithfulness to truth, his faithfulness to reality, his faithfulness to his law. So the word there is truth. And so some other translations have this as grace and truth meet each other. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. And that phrase, grace and truth, is something that John the Apostle picks up when he wrote his gospel in John chapter 1. If you want to go to John chapter 1, that's in your Bibles on page 1062. 1062, John 1, verse 14. John is talking about the, the eternal word, who is Christ, the Son of God, the eternal word, Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He's, he's talking about the incarnation, right? He's, he's talking about God, the son of God coming in the flesh. He made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, the one and only son who came from the father full of what? Grace and truth. 
He's picking up on this exact phrase from Psalm 85. And John, John goes on then in verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. What? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, we have these two things coming together. God's grace, which is his undeserved love and favor, and God's truth, which is God's faithfulness and commitment to what is right, pure, and true. And in Christ, these two are coming together. What Mary marveled at, what I marvel at, I don't know about you, but it's that God's love and faithfulness are coming together. His, his commitment to mercy and his commitment to justice are right there in Jesus. So envision this. God on his throne, you are here on earth, and between you and God is the Son of God, Jesus Christ, on his cross. Your sins have been placed on Jesus, and God, who punishes sin because of his justice, pours out his rightful wrath on his son, right? For all the evil of the world, he pours it out on his son. Jesus receives the blow. And since Christ is between you and God, you don't feel the blow. The, the sin is punished, but you're shielded, sheltered by the cross. That's love and faithfulness, grace and truth coming together. What's the other phrase? Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Righteousness of God and peace with God coming together in Jesus. So aren't you glad that the verse does not read, for God so loved the perfect? Or God so loved the qualified, the risk-free. <laughs> For God so loved the kind, the good, the innocent. For God so loved the sober, the successful, the young or the old or whatever. No, God said God loved the world with all of its faults and with all of its injustices and violence and evil God loved, and he brought that love and grace and his, mercy, his, uh, his justice together in Jesus. Now, in order to do that, he had to assume a risk, didn't he? To ensure the, in, the uninsurable. That's what he's done in Jesus. That's what we're celebrating in this season. The coming of Christ is God's faithfulness and his love together. Amen? God is good, isn't he? God is so amazingly good. He continues to pour out blessing upon blessing, grace upon grace. 
Uh, that includes what he entrusts to us for, um, for our livelihood, uh, support our families, and he gives us an abundance, more than what we deserve and even what we need. And so he calls on us to trust him by giving back a portion of that, which is what we do in our offering. So we'll gather our offering as we are also singing this next song, praise to the Lord, thankfulness for all that he has done in bringing our long-expected Messiah.
our precious Messiah. We fall on our knees at your throne, your throne of grace, where your justice and your kindness, your grace and your truth, they come together, righteousness and peace, kiss. We come there at the foot of the cross, your throne, our King, crucified, paying the price for us. And we come with our brokenness and we trust that because of your sacrifice, we find forgiveness, renewal, find new life. We find that we are made right, though evil and broken, made right with our Lord. And so we come with confidence and boldness at your invitation to bring all of our concerns, all of our joys, the celebrations of this life and the grief of this life. And our concerns, our, our petitions, we, we bring them to you. We trust that you hear us. We pray on behalf of Blair Klein's father, Skip, who is who has been diagnosed with cancer and is beginning treatments. We pray on behalf of Terry Green, who is also battling cancer and facing surgery in the next couple weeks. We pray that you'd bring restoration and healing. Pray that you would remove the cancer, that you'd bring wholeness to these, your children and servants. We pray also for those who are mourning, whose grief is very new, the passing of a loved one. We pray for the family of Steve Roosh, who is laid to rest this week. And also we pray for Patricia Bentala as she is mourning the passing of her sister, Kathy. Pray, Lord, that you would bring comfort and peace in the midst of grief, knowing the promise of the resurrection and eternal life has come by the, by the gift of your grace. We also celebrate today, Lord, and lift up prayers of thanksgiving on behalf of those who are celebrating new births, including Bo and Marissa Carl, who are celebrating the birth of a, of a baby girl, Mila. Pray that you would keep mom and, and baby safe, that recovered from labor and delivery, and that you would just continue your development in Mila to, to grow to be a, a young woman who is one who loves and honors you with her life. I pray your Holy Spirit be poured out upon her that she would live with boldness for you as a witness to your goodness and kindness. We celebrate today, Lord, also with those remembering anniversaries. And we rejoice with Mike and Chris Bryan as they celebrate their 38th anniversary this week. These and all other concerns, Lord, we lift up to your throne of grace. We trust that you hear us for Christ's sake. For all those, sin, for all those, those prayers that, we, that, that remain unspoken, but hidden in our thoughts and hearts, 
We ask you now to hear those. pray that you would hear us as Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Just a quick reminder before we end with this last song. Uh, if you're staying for our forum today, uh, we invite you to go out into the commons, enjoy some fellowship and some refreshments, and then we'll come back in in the next 20 minutes and, uh, and we'll join together in, uh, in our last forum, informational forum about our campaign. Uh, go in the peace of the Lord and, and uh, serve him in joy this season.
so like, an organ.
We'd like to get started in just a minute, so if we can find our seats, and there's plenty of seats up front here. All right. Well, first of all, welcome, everyone. Uh, this is our third forum. In case you don't know, know, my name's Tim Schwan. I'm a member of the leadership team for this campaign. And so I'm blessed to be able to kind of introduce the agenda. Pastor Dan and Aaron are going to walk you through some important information. And that information is also found in the packet that you picked up. Um, there's a brochure in there, and then there's frequently asked questions with answers. So um, uh, that would be good material for you to review as well. Our agenda tonight, um, do this opening, and then we want to walk through this with you so that you understand the basics of this campaign and what it's about, what it isn't. So we're, we'll go through the campaign purpose and vision. We'll take a look at the goals, both uh, the, in terms of the amount of dollars we want to raise. But this campaign isn't just about money. It's about us coming together as a congregation, as people of faith, as people that God has blessed in so many ways. And think about our mission as a congregation. And, um, and, and grow in our faith that God is, is leading us in, in a direction that this campaign will help. And that direction, our, our mission really is to know Jesus better and to help others know him. And um, we're so blessed as a, as a congregation to be able to be in a mission like that. And then we want to go through uh, what's the impact that we think this fundraising campaign will have on mission and ministry. And then uh, we'll go through some key dates and events. And then at that time, after that, we'll have times for questions and answers. So as we're going through the presentation, you know, note what kinds of questions you have. Then we'll have plenty of time at the end for, for questions. So I think we'll jump into it. But before we do, as we always do, as God's people gather, let's go to our Lord in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, with humble and thankful hearts, we gather in your name as friends and members of faith to learn and discuss how you have blessed our ministries through the past and current generations of faithful members, and also dream and imagine how you might use us to be a blessing to generations of members to come. In the precious and powerful name of your son, Jesus, amen. Pastor Dan. Thank you, Tim. Well, hello, everybody. Good to see you. I'm so thankful that you took some time out of uh, a precious weekend to be with us tonight. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a lot about buildings and we're going to talk about roofs and parking lot and, and um, fire alarm systems and things like that. But, you know, really, it's about you. Isn't it just great to be a member of a church where we have each other? We have brothers and sisters in Christ, new friends, old friends, and uh, we can just be together and grow together and love together and forgive together and cry together and laugh together and do life together through all of its journey, its ups and downs. And I am just so grateful for you and for the people of this church. And that's what I get to talk about first. I'm gonna be showing you a lot of pictures as we look through a little bit of our history. 
But what I'm really hoping that you'll see as we look at all of the pictures of buildings and things that are happening, uh, I hope you'll just see that it's really about, it's about people. It's about people who know and love the Lord. And it's about people who said, it's important that I don't just keep this to myself, but it's important that I share my joy of Christ. It's important that I share all that he has done for me for generations that come after me. And I'm gonna show you pictures of people that just made those sacrifices. They made those commitments so that we can uh, be in the building we're in today. You know, that wasn't you uh, who, you know, did this, most of you anyway, uh, but it was people before you that said, we wanna have a place where we can gather, that we can share. So I'm gonna just share a little bit of the history of, of this place a little bit. Oh, Tim, I think you forgot to chat about our campaign team. Usually Tim talks about that amazing team, uh, but you can see that we've had a, a great group of leaders already that have been working on our capital campaign. I think what we say it's over 50 volunteers already uh, that have already started to serve. And uh, for example, the beautiful food that was out there for us today, that was one of our volunteer committees that put that all together. So um, very grateful for the volunteers that have already uh, sacrificed and um, we're gonna need more, so stay tuned. As we move on, we'll be asking you to be a part of it too. All right, now, first building. Did you know this is the old American Legion on Superior Street here in Appleton? And this is the first place where Faith Lutheran Church folks met 75 years ago. Uh, you may wonder why, uh, why wasn't there a church, a Missouri Synod Church in Appleton before 75 years ago? Well, there was an agreement between the Wisconsin Synod and the Missouri Synod that Missouri would not build any churches in Appleton and Wisconsin wouldn't build any churches in Eau Claire. So we've got older churches, Missouri Synod churches in Eau Claire that started and they have older churches here in Appleton uh, that started because of that agreement. But 75 years ago, there was a group of people that said, that's not good. We don't like that anymore. We want a Missouri Synod church here in Appleton. And so they started to meet here at this building uh, on Superior Street. I love the stories that they would tell about uh, getting there early on a Sunday morning and having to clear away all the ashtrays and the beer glasses and had to mop the floor because it was all sticky, you know, so they could get ready for worship because they met right there at the Legion Hall. Um, so those folks said, we're gonna wanna have a Missouri Synod church here and we need to build a church. So look at this sign. That's over at our Glendale site, that sign. And what I think is awesome about that sign is uh, look at the houses that you see. Do you see any houses? And there's, there weren't any, it was out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, 75 years ago, that was the, uh, there, there was nothing there. And I also like the phone number. Do you see that phone number? 3-7271. That'll show you how old that sign is, right? Well, anyway, they said they bought some land and they said, this is where we're gonna start to, to build that church. And then a group of people got together for that first groundbreaking. And they said, we wanna have a place where we can know and love the Lord, where we can worship God. We wanna have a place that we can have for our children and grandchildren to grow and know and love the Lord. So you can see there was that first groundbreaking. And that was the beginning of the first sanctuary back in 1950 uh, when this was happening. And that's the completed first church of uh, Faith Lutheran Church. It looks pretty much the same. That's where our current daycare center is right now. The Faith Child Care Center is in that building. Uh, the difference is that the steps and stuff is gone. It's a flat wall now, but that was our, our first sanctuary. I love this picture too, is the first Christmas worship service. 
Isn't that cool? You can see that's our pastor, Simon, our, our first pastor here at Faith. Uh, that church sat 200 people, if you really squished them in, so they said, right? So that was our, our first worship service. Uh, again, my point in all of this is there was a group of people that said, we want to gather some funds. We want to make some sacrifices so we have a place where we can worship and know the Lord. Well, then again, we needed to, we did some expanding and we quickly grew out of that 200 seat uh, sanctuary and they decided they needed to build on another sanctuary. So in 1965 is when the second big sanctuary went up. Uh, isn't that a cool picture right there? Just of that all getting together. The glory cross that are there in the front, I love, I have a napkin uh, where the folks that designed that glory cross were at a restaurant and they pulled out a napkin and a magic marker and scribbled the designs for that first glory cross. It just, that's where it generated. What I love about that is it, it wasn't something they purchased, wasn't something they bought, but it was people in our congregation that just said, this is uh, important to us and we're gonna give of our time, our talents and our treasures to, to be a part of making uh, this new sanctuary happen. So that glory cross, which has sort of been a sign or a symbol for us for a lot of years, came from the minds of a people on a napkin at a restaurant. How do you like that? Isn't that cool, right? Uh, then not long after that, again, we needed some more space. So in 1986 is when we built the second, this is on the Glendale Street. That's now our current offices and underneath that are all the classrooms. Uh, what's interesting to note is that we had to buy all the houses on that Glendale Street in order to do that. So it wasn't just vacant land, but there were actual houses we had to purchase and tear down so that we could uh, build the offices. And uh, the important thing about that, I think, is that folks then said that we need more education space. The whole underneath that, there are all kinds of classrooms. And they said, we need a place for our kids to come to Sunday school in midweek. We wanna, and we wanna share the good news of Christ with the generations that are moving on. So the basement of that is, of course, all the classrooms that we have. Uh, and that's sort of the corner uh, there at Glendale, uh, the entryway into that uh, building. So again, I hope you're starting to see, there's people who said, it's important to us that we have a place and that we pass along the faith uh, to the generations that follow. Well, it wasn't long after that that there were some folks in the congregation that said, you know what? We need a Lutheran school here in Appleton. We need to have a, a, a Lutheran school. There were no uh, Missouri Synod schools here. In fact, Celebration Lutheran School is still the only Missouri Synod school here in Appleton. And um, so they got together and purchased some land. And again, look at the picture. That's where we're standing right now. That's, that's the land where we are as we speak. You know, just again, some wonderful, dedicated people said, we need another church. We need another place where we can have a, 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 a Lutheran school, a full-time day school. And so they purchased that land. And there again, another great group of people uh, who had that groundbreaking. And you know, in order to make that, they had to make sacrifices. They gave, uh, gave in order to have a facility uh, that we're standing in now. And isn't this the most beautiful picture? I just love that picture of here where we are right now. And how did that come into being? It was people that decided and wanted to build a place where people could come and know and love the Lord and share it for generations to come. I also love how, um, you know, God's got a plan for everything, doesn't he? I wish that back in the 80s when we did this building here that we would have just done it together. But you know, they 
started their own congregation and faith was its own congregation. But God in his great wisdom brought us together again anyway. And now we have this merged congregation and we still, you know, we, we are blessed to be one congregation with two ministry centers, you know, uh, all working together, a common purpose and goal uh, to reach out uh, with, to share the good news with generations that come after. So we're so thankful for uh, those who have worked so hard through all the years to give us what we have right now. And now it's our turn. I left out a lot of little other building campaigns that happen in there. I just kind of got the majors here. Uh, and again, I, the reason I just shared that is so that we could see that faith has this beautiful, wonderful history of people who sacrifice to prepare the way for the generations following. So we are in our capital campaign called Faith for Generations. Where do you think that name came from, right? Celebrating our 75 year history and rejoicing at the opportunity we have to prepare for the next 75 years. Our theme then is um, um, uh, celebrating the past and preparing for the future. And as I said, it's our turn now to, to make some sacrifices and to get the building ready for where we're gonna go. So in your packets, there's a commitment card. Uh, we don't need for you to fill that out today, but we're working towards our February 18th celebration Sunday. That's when we'll celebrate our 75th anniversary. That will also be pledge time when we pledge uh, to make our commitments. So those cards that you have now will want you to bring, want you to bring along with you on the 18th. That day is a Sunday, and we're gonna have one giant worship service, all of our congregation together at one place at one time. All of our services, just one place. We're gonna all meet at Lawrence Chapel that Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to have just a fabulous worship service, celebrating the past, bringing our commitments forward for the future. And then after the service is over, we're gonna head down the street on College Avenue to the, to the Hilton Paper Valley for a lunch and entertainment, and then we'll unveil the commitments. Uh, we'll unveil the pledge amount and um, what God has in, gonna enable us to do and accomplish together. So to get that whole thing done, uh, we've, and we've hired a consultant from Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Uh, we're working with Pastor Eric Kena. He's a wonderful guy, very helpful, very uh, friendly, very knowledgeable. He's very good about keeping our feet to the fire. Uh, he gets on Pastor Aaron in my case all the time. You know you got this deadline coming. You know you got this deadline coming. Um, but it's great to have him on board with us bringing the experience of this consultant to help make the program work. So if you're wondering if we're just making this up on our own, we're not. Uh, we're working with LCEF for the whole campaign and to make that all happen. All right, so and I'm gonna pass it on to Pastor Aaron. He'll talk to you a little bit more about the campaign details. Good, thank you, Pastor Dan. Welcome. Oh yeah, I could use that. That allows me to advance the slides. So, You've heard us talking about the 75th anniversary. And we've been talking also about a campaign around that anniversary. We are, our goal is $2.5 million over a three-year period. $2.5 million over three years. That has two major pieces. You can see that on the slide. Facilities renovations and what we're calling faith forward projects. So the facility renovations, 
you know, we, you look around our facilities, one of, we actually took care of one major project here at our Celebration Ministry Center a couple years ago. Um, we redid the parking lot. It was in desperate need. Uh, currently, it's very hard to remove snow during the winter because of the, uh, the, the changes and potholes and things like that. And um, we were able to use money that we had set aside f- over several years in a capital improvements fund um, after we paid off the, the remaining debt that we had as a congregation. And we, I think the whole project was somewhere around $800,000 more than half of that was written off by the company that put the parking lot in. We're just so incredibly blessed by that. Um, so that was a gift from them to us. But we were able to do that project um, without incurring any debt. Now we have a bunch of other projects that we also need to think about improving, uh, getting ready for uh, having a safe place for people to gather for worship, for Bible study, and so on. So we're going to talk about that as well as uh, some projects that just get us ready for that next season of ministry. So in terms of capital improvements, we are talking about three major categories. And if you look in your packet, your booklet, there's inside your um, inside of that folder uh, or envelope is a campaign booklet. There's a letter from me and Pastor Dan. There's information about our past um, there's details about the campaign on pages seven and eight of that booklet are some of these details, which I'm going to address right now. Uh, three major categories for our capital improvements. That includes what we're calling outward facing projects, things that our community is going to notice uh, for, apart from those who come in for worship and for Bible study. So the parking lot, for instance, over at Faith Ministry Center is uh, much like our Celebration Ministry Center parking lot was. That one is. It is very much in need. We have some sinkholes. We have some, uh, the, the, the road between the building and our south parking lot over at Faith is actually owned by the church. The city had to deed that over to us. Uh, so it's, we own it. We were responsible for snow removal and, and upkeep and all that. So there's a new design for that parking lot, the south parking lot, and that street that really eliminates that as a through street and makes it all part of the parking lot. It's make, it'll make it safer for our child care drop-off. Drop it'll make it safer for people coming to church and, and that sort of thing. Um, we'll gain some parking spaces with that as well. And then, you know, eliminate the, the sinkholes and that kind of thing. Then there's landscaping and signage um, work that we want to get done. And then Celebration Lutheran School. Uh, when I say $2.5 million, some people are asking already, well, what about, and back in May, we were talking about $4 million. And why is it now only 2 and a half? Well, between May and now, Celebration Children's Center uh, moved from our facility here to another location. And uh, that has freed up five classrooms for Celebration Lutheran School to expand into. And that is giving us some time to address the growth of the school before having to add a $2 million addition, which we were expecting that we're going to have to do as part of this project. Um, We may still, in the years ahead, build on to this facility for the sake of this church and the school, 
but that's not an immediate need. But there are some, some things that we still want to do with renovating bathrooms in those classrooms, new flooring in those classrooms, uh, a, a wall that would divide up one that is actually one big room that's two spaces, so just make it more suitable for classroom. Uh, so there's some projects like that uh, that you see on that, in that column, that outward-facing column. Um, under safety and security, those are projects that we just know we need to take care of. Uh, the Over at our faith site, um, roof over the sanctuary, where we, uh, you know, it's a 25-plus-year-old roof. Uh, the tiles that are on that roof from time to time break, and we had a supply of tiles to replace them when they broke. Now we're out of the supply of tiles, and anytime they break now, we're in trouble. So part of that replacing the roof, and then there's some flat roofs that we want to make into uh, slightly sloped roofs. So there's work on that fire alarm system that currently is not not tied to the city alarm system. So if the alarm goes off in our building, someone has to be there to call 911, as opposed to if there's a problem being directly connected to the city uh, emergency services. Uh, the flooring in our basement over at, at Faith is asbestos tile and asbestos adhesive, which was much like our sanctuary at Faith before 2017. If you remember, in 2017, we were we vacated the sanctuary for five weeks. We all worshipped here at Celebration, and then we vacated Celebration for five weeks and all worshipped together at Faith over that summer while we replaced the gym floor here, and it's no longer carpet, but now a nice wood floor. So all the, those projects were done in 2017. Um, now we want to do the basement flooring at Faith. Um, if you've been in there and you've spent time in our fellowship hall, you know that the tiles are crumbling. It's, uh, it's a safety issue. We want to take care of that as well. It's not a small price <laughs> to get that taken care of. In the area of aesthetics, we know there are some things that we would like just to look better and generally spruce up. There's uh, some HVAC work that we want to do at both our sites. There's um, bathrooms and, and general improvements. And then um, there's a sanctuary improvement project where we uh, like to take care of some tiles and the ceilings that are, um, that are missing and not replaceable. So replacing that with, uh, with drywall and uh, light stanchions that are uh, outdated. And we want to make those newer with new technologies, much like here, the lights that I'm looking at right up there that are LED and able to um, be much more responsive to our wanting to dim and change colors. And uh, they can be actually up against the wood where they couldn't before because of the heat they produce, the old lights, the new lights don't produce that heat. So we can hide them, tuck them back where they're not seen anymore. Just some aesthetic things like that that we want to take care of. Those are capital improvement projects. And then what we call our faith forward projects. Uh, you notice that underneath those three columns uh, above the green strip is, it says 75th anniversary campaign expenses. There are expenses for this campaign, like printing all the books and all those who haven't picked them up, mailing them to all of our members who haven't yet picked them up. Uh, the campaign consultant who is helping us through the whole project. Um, the events that we're celebrating our 75th and um, and uh, in these forums, things like that. There are just expenses that, that we're incurring for that. Those are part of the, the campaign as well. But then uh, in addition, 
What we would like to do, and this is partly with our Celebration Lutheran School, understanding what, what is the growth pattern right now and where are we going to be at in 10 years? Where is our church going to be in 10 years? And putting, we haven't done this in years, but putting together a comprehensive 10-year ministry master plan. This is not a building master plan or site plan, but a ministry plan. So we're looking at, uh, you know, hiring a consultant for that too, much like we've had a campaign consultant, uh, someone who can work with us as a congregation to um, see in the community what are the needs that we're best suited to meet, and then putting the staff in place, the facilities in place, the programs in place that will help us to get there in that master plan, which is the, you know, that first decade of our next 75 season. And then uh, Faith Forward Endowment, we actually have an endowment that's called Faith Forward Endowment. And the idea of that is that money that has been put into the principle of the endowment generates revenue by interest in investments, and we use only the interest each year to fund initiatives and special projects that we have not otherwise budgeted for. So we want to increase that principle so that we increase the amount that we're able to use perpetually year after year after year in the interest that is developed um, and, and use that for other, other projects that sometimes we just don't foresee it, we didn't budget it, and then we come to the congregation and say, well, what about this? And we are able to use endowment funds for that. Um, and then the final column there on the far right is our, our Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, our church body, is broken up into 35 districts. Our district that we're in is called the North Wisconsin District. And the North Wisconsin District of the LCMS has an initiative called Labor of Love. The idea is to pay off student loans, educational loans for pastors and other church workers. Uh, if you don't know this already, um, some of you who are teachers know, can understand this. Um, working in the church is not lucrative. Um, unless you're one of those TV evangelists or something, you know, he has a private jet. We, that's not us, okay? We're, uh, we're blessed at faith. Trust me, I'm not complaining at all by what, what I am compensated for, for the work here. But there are other churches in our district that don't have the final financial resources that we have and struggle to pay their pastors a wage that is enough for their pastors to pay off loans that they, had, that they incurred in order to get the education to be the pastor at their church. So the, their pastors, teachers, principals, DCEs, who are leaving church work regularly because they just can't afford to stay in it. So the Labor of Love campaign is to help those. And so the idea, we've been blessed here at Faith, right? Wouldn't you agree? Blessed with extraordinary pastors, teachers, DCEs over the years, um, present company excluded, obviously. But, you know, all these pastors that have been blessing our congregation, and we want to give back. Where we've been blessed, we want to give back to the, um, to the district and helping other churches to bless their pastors with um, getting rid of those those burdens. So that's all part of the faith forward and just blessing other congregations for years to come as well. Uh, Timot started to address this in, uh, in his introduction tonight, and that is that it's not just all about money. Yes, we're looking to raise two and a half million dollars, but I think there's much more 
than just preparing our facilities for the next season of ministry. It's also this, the, the, the campaign, I believe, is, is a great opportunity for all of us to rally together. There's something about uh, forging of relationships that happens in the fighting together for a common cause, having a vision together and moving forward in that vision and being a, a teammates in that. I think that's going to be a really good for our congregation. It's also going to be good for us to be challenged a little bit. Um, at our last forum on Monday, I was mentioning back in 2012, some of you were around for that, we had what we called our Imagine campaign, and we asked our congregation, uh, we had a $3 million need, we had pledges of $2.125 million. We asked the congregation to pledge $2.125 million. That, eliminated debt, that took care of some uh, maintenance projects around the facilities. My wife and I were talking about what, what, what are we going to give? And I always had this, I, I, I hated talking about money. My parents always fought about money. I never wanted to even bring it up with my wife. It's just one of those, one of those things that was just sort of sore spot for me. Like, let you take care of the money. Don't bother me with it. So I, I never wanted to talk about it, but we were coming to the Imagine campaign and I said, we, re, we, we need to decide what we are going to give as a family for this and help lead the way in our congregation. And so it, I suggested that we each pray about it separately. And so she prayed about it. I prayed about it. We were coming home from church one Sunday, and she said, well, have you sensed from God what we should give to the Imagine campaign? And I said, well, yeah, I mean, I have a number in mind, but what are you thinking? Now, what I had in mind, I was really afraid to even bring up because what I had in mind was a second tithe to the congregation. We give 10% off the top back to faith as, as a family. We give 10% back. And what I had in mind was we're going to give now another 10% back for the Imagine campaign. So that's what I had in mind. And But I just, you know, I don't want to bring this up. My parents always fought about money. I don't want to fight about money. She said, well, what I have in mind is that we um, double our tithe. I went, what? Really? That's what I was thinking. And so, you know, together we, we prayed about it to confirm that that was what we wanted to do. And then we, we committed to that as a family. And we thought, okay, you know, we're we're going to have to start eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and some rice, you know, like just really cheap and uh, not go out to eat. We don't eat out a lot, but you know, you know, the times we like to splurge and go out to eat as a family. And we thought we'll have to give that up for a while. And, and you know, within three months, no joke, within three months, we found that we never changed our lifestyle. We were giving double back to the church, and we found that nothing had changed because God continued to bless and bless. And, and that, that was for us a spiritual growth opportunity. And I think that's what this whole campaign will be for us individually in our families and as a congregation. It'll challenge us in ways where we step out in faith and we find that God is blessing in ways that we never could have imagined. And so the, the impact, I think, is going to be more than just facilities, new roof, new flooring, new parking lots. It's going to be an increased um, sense of purpose for our congregation, 
uh, an increased faith and our trust in God. And so that's why I'm excited about that. Now, we're going to have some time for questions about some of the things I just shared. But I'm going to let Tim come back up and then uh, review a few timing issues with what's coming up. And then um, we'll open it up for, for questions. Thank you, pastors. Um, yeah, so I'd like to remind you just about some dates, and and hopefully you can get these on your calendars. These will be important congregational events that will help us kind of continue to prepare for the forums and continue to be informed about them. In January, we're going to conduct things called cottage meetings, which will be in members' homes, be small groups where we can come together and just talk about the campaign, talk about um, uh, the events coming up, uh, counsel with each other just about uh, our, uh, the, the ways that we can volunteer our time, give of our talents and treasures, and, uh, and encourage each other. So you'll want to be watching for those dates. Uh, we have a team of volunteers working right now to uh, get enough homes uh, people willing to invite people into their homes and also people to lead those cottage meetings. So um, I'd like to have all of you when that the opportunities come to sign up for those. Then in February, <clears throat> uh, there will be a leadership commitment event for people who are leaders, people on our boards and elders and who lead committees in the church where they'll come together as a group and um, and talk about what their interest is in terms of supporting the campaign. And that leadership event uh, will, will uh, kind of set the pace, really, for the rest of us as we move forward in considering our support for the campaign. Another cool thing that will happen uh, the week before our big congregational event is there will be these prayer walks on both of our campuses where our prayer team from the campaign will walk us around the facility and at various places in the facilities we'll stop and we'll we'll offer a prayer of thanksgiving to god for the wonderful facilities that we have and we'll also talk about the needs that can that exist that uh, this campaign will be addressing so that'll be a, um, a spiritually moving moment for us then as 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 Pastor Dan alluded to, there will be this congregational event at Lawrence Chapel uh, on February 18th, followed by lunch and fellowship at the Paper Valley. So there's going to be a sign-up process for that. That'll come out ahead of time, and because we'll need to know how many people are attending. So watch for that as well. March 3rd is uh, when we'll celebrate the first gifts to the campaign. And uh, it will happen during a worship service where... We'll just, again, thank the Lord for how we stepped up individually and collectively to support meeting these needs at our, our congregation. Another important date is March 10th. And the reason we're going to have a congregational meeting on that date is the congregation gets to decide what priorities uh, will address with the funds that are raised. So... You know, there's two scenarios. One is we could raise $4 million in the campaign, and we're going to have to decide as a congregation what to do with those additional blessings. Or we could raise a little less, and we're going to have to prioritize the projects. Well, that's, 
the decision of the congregation. So at that congregational meeting, we'll be led through a process to make those decisions. Before you move on from that, Tim, let me just, um, by the way, March 10th might be the first of several congregational meetings involved with uh, the, that prioritization. And um, go back one. The other thing is, um, there's actually a typo up there, but I slipped in another line on that slide because um, we're talking about this and highlighting in our staff meeting this week. It's actually supposed to be January 28th, so that's why it's before February 10th. So January 28th, it's Sunday afternoon. Um, we, we've had a hymn fest in the past, but this is the first one that we'll have in the last three years. But um, hymn fest on January 28th. We have actually Steve Moore, our worship director, commissioned uh, him specifically for our 75th anniversary. And so that'll be, uh, that'll be brought out and uh, another opportunities to celebrate God's faithfulness over the history of our church. So mark that on your calendars to Janu uh, January 28th. Okay, again, sorry for the typo, but January 28th. Great. Yeah. Forgot my glasses, so I can't see it on the yeah, back yeah, yeah, screen yeah, yeah. there. And <laughs> so you need to help me yeah, with yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. That's very, very neat. All right. I think we're ready for questions and answers. And I know there's people watching online. You won't be able to ask your questions now, but there's a place on our website um, for the 75th campaign where if you have questions, you can send the question in through that and we'll get an answer to you. Um, also tonight, after the, the meeting, you might go home and you might be thinking, wow, I wish I would have asked this question. Well, there's, you can do that through the website too. So make sure you keep those questions coming because you're probably not the only ones who thought of that. And we're gonna continue to build our FAQ document so that we can share those questions and answers with, with other people. So if you have a question, um, Bill is gonna walk around with a microphone and we'd ask you to speak into the microphone and ask your question and one of the pastors or I will answer it. Yes. I just have two questions from online people. Oh, great. So they've been able to send me. They want to know if the February 18th event will be live streamed for those that can't get there. And they also want to know if the Hymn Fest will be taped or live streamed. Um, the January 28th Hymn Fest, as far as I know, is going to be recorded. I don't know that it's going to be live streamed. February 18th, I don't think we're, because we're at Lawrence Chapel, I don't think that we're going to be able to. Um, that, that's a whole other technical challenge that we're not going to be able to address. Back in May, uh, when we first started talking about this and the, the number of $4 million came up, that campaign was for the expansion of the school and stuff and we voted on that. Do we need to vote again because now this is for a different campaign? Uh, so what we voted on was actually to move forward with the capital campaign process. That at the time was a $4 million campaign, but all of the projects that were presented on the screen tonight and in the campaign booklet, all of those were part of that $4 million campaign. What we don't have is that additional $2 million that, um, that we would have 
for adding on space here at our Celebration Ministry Center. So always the campaign was not specifically for the school. It was a capital campaign for the congregation. Part of that to benefit the school, yes. But, um, but all the projects that we presented were part of that that the congregation approved. And it was just for the process of stepping forward with the campaign. Yeah. I, I'm just concerned about, you know, when people vote on that and they see that half the money was going to be for the expansion of the school and that's what they voted for, now we're not. So I'm just concerned that the, if there's a majority of people that think that same way of, wait a minute, now we were told that there was going to be this and even though all these projects were, yeah. were, were presented, but the main focus was on the expansion of the school. Yeah, I, um, again, I, and I'll push back a little bit on that, that I don't think we presented that the main purpose of the campaign was for the school, although it was part of that. And I haven't heard anybody you know, challenging us on that, that it's different. Um, so I, I do think it's a good thing to be aware yeah. of it. And I do think the actual wording of the motion was up to $4 million. So, because um, there was still, there's still a lot of things being, mm. in yeah. trying, trying to work yeah. out. But it's a good sensitivity to have yeah. and we'll have to pay attention. And, and, and I think that the, um, different meetings, I heard different conversations. Hold on, hold on, that's, yeah, there you go. Just when I went to all the meetings in May, mm. I heard different conversations of questions here was more about the school then over there was more about the, f the sure. facilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think part, part two is, you know, the, that faith forward um, side of the campaign. Part of that is for the 10-year um, the master plan. That would include faith childcare and Celebration Lutheran School. And what, is, what are we positioned to, to do in the, in the next 10 years? So that... That may include the expansion of space for Celebration School, um, but that's part of that project. Thanks for the question. Yeah, um, yeah. Anybody else have a question? I have one more in the back there. Yeah, we have a safety and security committee and under that medical and security um, are any of the security, I know this is ongoing with the security committee, we don't know the exact costs of how to make our church a hardened target from a soft target. This, this is an ongoing process to, to see what real needs we can afford. Is, uh, any, is that going to be a separate um, funding from this program? Some of the, so, so there's a safety security team committee that has been looking at you know how are what, what are some improvements we can make to both of our facilities that will make it even safer mm -hmm. um part of that you know alarm system is part of the campaign uh, there are some other things that we may decide our priority with some of the you know quote unquote general improvements that mm -hmm. were on the safety side of that um there's some things that will just come out of our facilities budget that is our operating costs that, you know, year to year, as opposed to the campaign, which is above and beyond the operating cost. So a number of different ways to answer that question. But and all those costs are pretty unknown right now. too. Yeah, some of them are. Yeah. And even some of the projects we're looking to do with the campaign are in flux. They always are. Thank you. Yeah. Good question. Here, Bill. 
I'm just wondering how the money is separated from the weekly offerings. Are there going to be like special envelopes for the campaign money? So if you are giving by check, you will be able to write a check to Faith and write it to the capital campaign. So if you put in the memo line, capital campaign. If you're giving online, you can choose what fund you want to give that to. So you can choose, oh, I want to give that to the general operating budget. Oh, I want to give that to third week offering. I want to give that to Celebration Lutheran School. I want to give that to Faith for, or, uh, Faith for Generations Fund. So you can choose which one you want to give that to. If you are writing two checks, or if you're giving two gifts, you're going to have to give two checks, in, in essence. If you're giving it in an envelope, but we don't have a plan for special envelopes. If we get a weekly offering, just make sure you designate it for capital campaign or faith for generations or however you, you know. Our county team knows, you know, if, if you write faith for generations or you write capital campaign or campaign, they'll put it in the right place. Bill, right, right over there. Maybe I'm mistaken, and I guess I have to have clarity on this, but when this whole thing started, I, I, I thought this was on an expansion of Celebration Lutheran School. And I mean a building project because we have the property to do that with. And my understanding was we were turning people away from celebration that wanted to come here because we don't have room and I'm sort of where is where is that position in here which should be one of the main things we're doing to get our children educated and especially if we can draw more children in from the general public I that's just a, a question I haven't yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, it, it's a fair question. Um, again, I'll, I'll state that in the spring, when we came to the congregation, we said that there was a campaign. Part of that was, you know, one of these urgent projects was to expand, and that was going to include four classrooms for Celebration Lutheran School. Because Celebration Children's Center moved to a different site, that opened up more than four classrooms for us. So we're able to, uh, in essence, we're, we're able to allow Celebration School to grow and expand and not have to rush into the uh, project of building and expanding the, the facilities here at Celebration. Because um, it, really it really was going to be a, a stretch to push it quickly enough to get money brought in, you know, pledges, um, build a facility. We wouldn't have it ready for 2024, 25. It would be more like 25, 26. So we're already talking about a couple years in advance. Um, and already celebration is able to grow into the space that we already have. Um, looking at the 10-year master plan, that very well may be a, um, a big part of that might be a building expansion for our celebration site. As we're looking at, oh, 
you know, celebration is continuing to grow. Because, you know, the, the challenge our board of directors really wrestled with was, is that growth that we're seeing in Celebration School going to be sustained over the next five years? Was that just a COVID thing or was that just, um, you know, is that just sort of response to wanting to get out of public schools, but is that gonna even out? Is it gonna continue to grow? And then before we put in two, three, four million dollars in expansion, is that growth gonna be sustained? And we have that space to do that now, given the, the classrooms that they're able to expand into. How many, how many new students are we able to take? Do you know just off Pastor? I think we could take another 50 students. We, We're at we, 98 now, uh, so, 98 student capacity right now. So we, we could possibly take 50 more. Correct. Thank you. Yeah. That's always challenging. You know, it's like, well, is that in this classroom or that classroom? And, you know, we have to have the teaching staff to help with that, too. So it's, yeah. We have another online question. Another online question? Thanks okay. for the questions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the question is around project prioritization. Will we have to wait until the money's in to do projects, or will we possibly take out short-term loans to cover that? That is a very good question. Thank you to whomever asked that question. Um, the, the idea is that we will prioritize projects, but it's going to be a three-year process of bringing in the funds. Some of those are going to come right up front. Some will come over the next three or four years. The idea is to take care of some of the most urgent of those projects, like the parking lot, most likely next summer, this next summer, summer 2024. For that, we'll probably have to take out short-term loan or a line of credit in order to pay the contractors to do the work as the money is coming in for the campaign. What we don't want to do is long-term debt for these projects, but short-term, yes. Great questions. Any, any others? Not seeing any hands. Um, yeah, again, if you think of questions when you get home, go on our website and send it in through the uh, website connection to the, the campaign. All right, no other questions. So just a few reminders. Yeah, all these questions that come in, we're gonna put them in that document that you have in your packet and update that of frequently asked questions and uh, so that your questions and the answer to it can be shared with the congregation. Couple reminders. Um, what we just talked about, the, where the question cards can be found. I'd, I'd ask all of you um, to continue to pray for this campaign. Um, our God listens and he hears, hears those, those prayers. And if you have special concerns about it or, or just want to make sure that in your own prayer life, as you're thinking about your own commitment, pray the Lord about it. Pray for the other members of the congregation. Um, pray for the, the, um, the events that are happening. And then prepare. Uh, stay informed. There will be more communications coming out through our newsletter, in the bulletins, announcements after church, 
So there's a lot more information that will be shared with the members of the congregation. And then finally, participate. Attend the events. Um, there's a volunteer form also that's available to you. I think there's some out in the commons area, but there's also one online. There are maybe 20 different roles, 25 different roles that uh, in the campaign where we need volunteers. And we've had over 50 people step forward. Our leadership team um, has been meeting for a couple of months already. And there's probably about, there's probably about 30 total people. They've recruited other people for their committees and 30 people at least who are involved in those committees. And we're gonna need more. So take a look at that volunteer form, pray about it, uh, think about the skills and talents that God has blessed you with. And if you feel like God is calling you to step up, fill out one of those forms and send it in and somebody will be in touch with you. Um, speaking of volunteers, there's a couple of volunteers who are on the leadership team in here. I'd like to have them just stand. People who are just stand or raise your hand and let's all give them a round of applause and the other people who are involved. And the folks out in the commons who prepared the meal tonight. So with that, oh, one more question. There's a little delay online. Oh, there's a little delay online. Yes, yeah, so there's, okay. they still have one more question. They want to know if there's going to be any upgrades to the boiler heating system. Upgrades to the boiler heating system. So there will be some HVAC work done that is, and, and I, the, I think the question is, at our faith ministry center in particular, there will be some significant work on our north side boiler that will be done, but not on the south side boiler, which is um, the, the old one, right? Um, yeah, I mean, if we took it apart, we'd have to take down that part of the building. Yeah, it, it's pretty significant, um, but it's running. It's running well. Yeah, it's. But we're not, we don't have plans for that particular boiler. There will be some work on the north side, though. Great questions. <clears throat> well, let's, uh, let's close our session with, uh, by going to God in prayer again. Lord God, Heavenly Father, our, your faithfulness to us and to generations upon generations of members of faith is truly amazing. It's humbling. You're gracious. Your love is never ending. So as we go our separate ways tonight, unite us in purpose in the days and weeks ahead through our 75th anniversary campaign. Bless us individually and collectively as we pray about, prepare for, and participate in the campaign activities. It's in the name of Jesus, the Christ, your son that we pray, amen. Time for a little fellowship out there. We'll see you out there. Thank you.